Welcome to episode 361 of We Don't Die Radio. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain. I'm the author of the book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And I'm also the host of a new show on iHeartRadio called Shades of the Afterlife. Today, I'm excited, so excited to introduce you and some of you who have heard the show before, you'll know our special guest. Now, if you're listening to this right now on your favorite podcast app and you'd rather be viewing it, you can watch us on YouTube. Just type in We Don't Die Radio 361. So today we have Craig Hogan back with us. He is the of the Afterlife Research and Education Institute, also known as AREI. He's a man who is committed to global transformation with the conversation about the reality of the afterlife. He has written and co-authored many, many books, but here's a few of the titles, Your Eternal Self, There is Nothing But Mind and Experiences, New Developments in Afterlife Communication, Induced after death communication and his latest reasons for what happens in your life and your afterlife. And you can find out more about Craig at the AREI website, which is afterlifeinstitute.org. Craig Hogan, my dear friend, welcome back to We Don't Die Radio. It's a delight. I just love talking with you and we have so much to talk about. There's a whole world out there that people just need to know about and, and you and I know about it. We just have to let them know. And we are on a mission to do that. And first, Craig, I want to say before we connected just now, I took a little walk down memory lane and I thought about me being on that path of exploring and looking for evidence of the afterlife. And I had some good stuff, but I was too afraid to verbalize it. And then I found your book, Your Eternal Self, which became my Bible in the fact that there is real science behind this evidence for the afterlife. And I had the guts to start sharing. And not only that, as I reached out to you, you didn't know who I was. And you sent me a copy of your book uh, and autographed it to my dad who passed a few months later. So anyways, I just have this warm, fuzzy feeling talking to you and a lot of love. So thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Where do we begin? Mm-hmm. Should we catch up a little bit about who you are? Some people are meeting you for the first time, and then we can just dance around all kinds of topics. Sure, sure. So uh, right now, I am president of the Afterlife Research and Education Institute. I have been studying and working in this field for three decades and devoting myself to it. And what I did was I, I started off with uh, finding out that I have psychic abilities. And then when I discovered I had psychic abilities, then I realized that life must continue after the body expires. And so then I began to delve into that, found out more and more. And the more I got into it, the more excited I became because there's so much there that people don't realize. And as a result of that, then I I devoted my life to this. And that's why right now I'm writing books, as many books as I can. I just finished another book. So this book is at the proofreader right now, and this book is a summary of the other three books that I've just written. So it'll be easy reading for people to go through, and then they can refer to the other books if they want to. So uh, I will continue writing books and looking forward to what's going to happen in the future. I expect 2022 to be a big year. I expect many things to happen. 
And the part of that is because we know consciousness is changing. We're developing as a species, as a humankind, and there's so much more that we're learning and we expect to have many more breakthroughs in 2022. And I'd like to see us have a television station. So hopefully that's going to happen. Well, uh, I'm in on that. I know you would be. You'd be central to that. Oh, that's really great. Now, we've had quite a year and a half since COVID hit. And mm. I know I stopped doing my mainstream job and doing the afterlife studies. I don't want to say it was a hobby. It was a passion, but it wasn't generating income. And everything turned upside down for me. Thankfully, we have our online courses and demonstrations and things. So I'm able to pay the bills. But I had no idea about how many more people would get involved in the world of afterlife communication, whether taking a course on mediumship or coming to a demonstration or learning. How has the last year and a half or so impacted how you feel about the afterlife studies and what's going on with communication? Yeah, there's so much that's happening now. People are becoming involved in it. And what that means is because it's widespread all around the world, that means that those on the other side are having an impact. So we're getting our guidance from them. We're not doing this alone on this side of life. They are, there are dedicated teams on the other side that are trying to work with us. They're dedicated to humankind. And as a result of that, we're seeing these changes. We're watching the effects of what they're doing on the other side. And at times we meet them. In our physical circle, we have three Arcturians. So we have three who are working with us from the other side, as well as our team. And each one of us who has a physical mediumship circle has a team working on the other side, and we get to know them. And they tell us they are dedicated to this work and they expect to see things happen in the next year. And those things then are gonna be exciting for all of humankind. I know something very exciting that's going on today is our friend in filmer, um, Robert Lyon, who's an Emmy award-winning producer and uh, has filmed so many things. He's creating, or we're creating, We Don't Die Films, a documentary on Sonia Rinaldi down in Brazil. And today he is in Brazil working with Sonia, doing the final bits of recording. And I know you're going to be on that documentary as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about Sonia and what she does? Sonia Rinaldi is a researcher who lives in Brazil. She has been working in instrumental transcommunication since 2001. And instrumental transcommunication means that we use any of the electronic devices we have available in order to be able to communicate with those living in the next realm of life. And we have seen these things blossom after technology came about because it wasn't until the 20th century that we had the technology. And as soon as the technology developed, then we have videos and we have audios and we have all sorts of, of uh, other media that we can use today. And as a result of that, then those on the other side took that up right away. As soon as they realized they could communicate with us in this way, they took it up and they found ways in which they can record video, they can record audio, and they can then communicate with us through the electronic means. Sonia stepped in in 2001 and she started to learn how to do this. And after that then, it took about two years of real development, but after that then, she had developed a relationship with the teams on the other side. They were working with her steadily. And now she is doing phenomenal work. She's able to record voices 
of people who are living in the life after this life. She's recording audio uh, and video of them, and she's able to bring that to parents. She's done readings for parents in which she did 200 readings in one month, and out of that, it was free. It's entirely free. She does everything for free. And then out of that, then they had they had many messages within each one of those readings, and they were primarily readings of uh, children for parents. She was dedicated to that. And so she's also been doing work in finding new ways of co communicating through audio and through video. And so every time that she does something, she then lets us all know about it. And so we receive bulletins about every month with all of the exciting things that she's doing. She's a phenomenal researcher. She's at the head of, of uh, the work that we're doing. And those on the other side are dedicated to working with her. It's amazing. I know she started out just doing recordings in Portuguese and there's different stations that are around of people in the afterlife. And I know we now have the North American station and voices are coming through in English. And even my own father has shown up in one of her trans images and left me speechless. Exciting. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, the North American station was dedicated because of her work. She originally was working with the Brazilian station. Now, when, when I say station, that, that there are stations in other realms that have people communicate with us. And at those stations are technicians. There is equipment there. There is actually technological equipment. And so then that these stations, then they bring people into the station and they have them communicate with us. And then the recordings come onto our recording equipment. They actually are impressed upon the recording equipment. It's not that somebody speaks the words, it's that they impress it on the equipment. And so the North American station was dedicated because of Sonia's work and our decision to work with them on the other side. And because of our dedication uh, as a result of Sonia's work, then they established a North American station. So now we have the Brazilian station, the North American station, there's a Rio do Tempo, which is the, the time stream station in Europe, and there's an Asian station that's recently been developed. So there are stations now in other realms that are dedicated to communicating with us on the Earth realm. And now we're figuring it out and they're figuring it out and we're coming together with wonderful recordings, video and audio recordings. Oh, it's a big deal. Now, I want to step back just a little bit because as people may or may not know, my subtitle of my book is A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And if I was the Sandra 25 years ago watching this video, I would think these people are insane. There's no proof of the afterlife. It's crazy. Can you talk a little bit about that it's not natural to be skeptical and some of the science that we actually know that the afterlife is real? Yeah, it's natural because of the fact that our society is, is bringing up children to not realize the real reality of the afterlife. In fact, children are taught not to think about anything in themselves or having to do with spirituality. They're taught to go to church and, and to do those liturgy sorts of things, which really don't have any effect on anything. And that's all that they receive as far as spirituality is concerned. So our society was taught that. What happened was that the church originally, especially in the Western world, the church had control over spirituality up until about the 16th century. And then science came in and said, this is nonsense. 
you know, where, why are you looking for a God? There's no reason for having a God. And we can prove that life exists without a God. And so they came in and they took over and they told us the same thing. They told us that spirituality is not in us. They control all truth. And as a result of that, they said, don't listen to people who say that there are things beyond what we can sense. Don't listen to people who say that we live on after the body passes. And so then they're saying, listen to us. And so then we've had first the church, which, which held up spirituality. Then we had the scientists who heard, did the same thing, but just in another realm. And then the children were brought up in both of those ways. And now we're finally breaking out of that. So we're finally discovering the reality of the fact that we there is a greater reality that we live on after the body dies. But it was necessary that, that we break away from those things that we were taught as children because they are coming from those superstitions from the error that has been taught for four centuries. I know that, and thank you, your eternal self has been updated since mm. the original copy that I got. And there, but I know when I read it, there was a lot that gave me the backbone to start sharing. And could you talk a little bit about science? Because a lot of people think uh, there's no science that can ever prove the afterlife. Yeah, and what's happening now is that science is at the lead of proving that we are, are not in our brains. There is no mind in the brains. Our, brain, our minds are separate from the brain. We use the body and the brain, but our minds are outside of the body and the brain. So we know that. And as a result of that, then we know that the mind just keeps on working after the body dies. It's like, I'll throw away this old tattered body that I was using and, and I'm going to have a, a, a much better life without it. When we come into the next, the life after this life, we do have a body, we have another body, but it is a, a body that is in our prime of our life in our 20s or 30s and then we do function with the body after that but we realize now because the mind is not in the brain we realize that the mind continues and then goes on into that new body so science is telling us that the mind is not in the brain we're getting that out of studies that are coming from science we know that uh, when reality is created it's created because we look at something we expect to see it there and it appears it comes. It didn't exist before we expected it to come, before we looked at it. It didn't exist. But now we know through quantum mechanics that we have to look at something in order for reality to be created where it is. In other words, this whole world has been established for us to allow us to learn lessons, to love one another, to grow in our love and compassion. And we know that to be true because we are creating this reality together, all of us as one unit. And then this reality is set up exactly as it must be so that we can learn the lessons we need to learn and so that we can love one another and just have fun. You know, life is meant to be fun. And so uh, that's part of what we're doing here. Our, part of our spiritual path is to enjoy it. Yeah, I want to remind everyone that listening to our own mind is not the best one to listen to. How many times do we wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and we sell, say something terrible to ourselves? Mm -hmm. You know, how many times do we fear what's happening in the future? Simple things. How many times do we stew upon guilt or things that happened in the past? I don't know exactly how we're designed as humans, but I do know that there is 
a much greater picture than of who we are. And I know you're into remote viewing and so am I. And yep. I think that's one of the things that really lets us know that our mind is not in our bodies because how I can pick up an image of what's on somebody's kitchen table mm-hmm. in Australia on the other side of the world. Yep. So my mind can't just be here. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that ties in with how we are much bigger than our minds and bodies. Yeah, remote viewing is one of the ways that we are learning. We've learned this through science. It's been studied by the uh, by Princeton. It's been studied by a, an organization called the Science Applications International, and the CIA actually made use of it. So they were using it to spy on on the Soviet Union at that time. What it is, is in remote viewing, you sit wherever you are. You just sit and relax your mind and you can close your eyes. And after a while, then you focus upon something that can be thousands of miles away. It can be something like a a picture that's thousands of miles away, or it can be an object on a table that's thousands of miles away. And then when you focus upon that and ask the universe to bring that to you, then you will start to get images of it. And you'll also start to get sounds from it. You'll start to get sensory impressions from it. And then you can sketch it. And then you can show it to the person who had that target out there thousands of miles away. And and they can say, yes, that is, in fact, what happens. And so what can we can do now is we can get online. There are lots of targets sites. And if somebody wants to Google them and it would be remote viewing targets, then you'll find targets that are out there. And and what you can do is you'll get a code and it's going to be a series of numbers or letters, meaningless numbers of letters. And then you look at the code and then that's associated with that in the universe. So the universe has that as an association. And when you say, I'd like to see what's in there, I'd like to see what that what is at that code, then you can look at it with your eyes closed, sketch it, do whatever you want to do. And then you can look at it on your computer screen to see how successful you were. And and of course, Sandra and I, you you know that uh, it is possible for us to do it. We just do it all the time. It's very easy to do for us to do. And uh, as a result of that, we know that the mind couldn't be encased in the in the cranium. I mean, it's impossible for us to be able to get those signals. Not only they would have to be encoded from wherever they were, you know, encoding like you do when you do use a video camera. They'd have to be encoded. They'd have to sail through the space between us. They'd have to be decoded on this side, and there have to be orifices in our in our skull that would let them into the brain. And none of those things are true. They simply is nothing like that. The only way that that's possible is that our minds are not in our brains. Our brain, our minds are outside of our brains, and we access the information, and then we tell our brains about it. And that's the that's the progress. So, as you say, remote viewing is one of the wonderful ways that we can prove to people the mind is not in the brain. And the mind, when the brain dies, the mind just keeps on going happily on to the next stage. It sure does. And I had done a remote viewing class with Russell Targ, who had started the uh, yeah the Stanford Research Institute and the CIA and the spies and all that. And we did exercises, and we could actually tap into the past. Mm-hmm. and tap into the future. And one of my favorite stories is about a book. The man thought it was his imagination, and he wrote a book called The Wreck of the Titan. Mm-hmm. And it's about this ship that hits an iceberg and splits in half and goes down where the Titanic went down, almost mm-hmm. to the exact nautical mile, how fast it went, that there were not enough life 
boats on board, so many things. And so many of us just credit what happens up here. It's just our imagination. But Craig, do you feel like I do, but that that's how this stuff comes in and that's how our loved ones can come in as well? Yeah, when we say imagination, what we're doing is we're getting things out of a greater reality. These are coming from outside of ourselves. And there are many sources of that. We can get that from the universal intelligence who gives us things. We can get that from our loved ones. We can get that from our guides. So all of these things that come into our mind then, it's as though we were thinking with these other people. It's as though we had one big mind instead of just our little mind. And we have the feeling like it's coming up in our little mind in the same way that we have a radio or a television and something comes out of the radio or television. And it doesn't mean that that signal is only in that radio or television because that signal is broadcast all over the world. There is only one signal. But then we get it as individuals and we have the feeling like that's coming out of my television or my radio it must be special. And, uh, and we feel that that's true about our imagination. So when we begin to imagine things, they will give things to us. If we're solving a problem, then they will help us. Our loved ones will come in and they'll inspire us with ideas. So they communicate to us through our minds. And it feels like it's our imagination. But those things are coming from them. And we can validate that. So we can actually ask them questions. And then after we ask them a question, we can wait immediately. A response will come. And then that response then we'll find out was validated. It was true. And after a while, once you begin to do this and you do it regularly, then you get used to the idea that you can communicate anytime you want with a loved one living on the other side. And we actually have training programs that teach people how to do this. I love it. I love it. And you offer so much free stuff as well. And you really are like me, of course, I'm following in your footsteps, someone who's about joining good people that are interested in afterlife communication and the reality of the afterlife, that we join arm in arm to get this reality out in the world. I know since COVID started, we've started online courses. And one of them we do is a mediumship course. And I've been part of many of them. And what I really feel in every ounce of me is just my imagination. When I have the courage to tell the person I'm working with, and we're talking on Zoom, so the person really could be in Auckland, New Zealand, and really tell the feelings that are coming to me, what's coming into my imagination, and starting to share and just trust, boy, I'm giving evidence of their loved one, memories of times together, perhaps how they passed, but more importantly, how they lived. Mm -hmm. And there's just this flow that you get into when you trust. And I think as human beings, we're so much more than we know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. And they're very anxious to, to give us that information. So our guides and our loved ones are anxious to, to communicate with us. They want that more than anything. And so as a result of that, when we open ourselves to it and, and we ag agree to it and we d let the doubt go past, then they will give us the information. They will make an effort to give it to us. So if they don't give it to us in one way, they'll give it to us in another way. But all we have to do is be open to it and then they will continue to work towards it. And eventually, because they're, they're doing the work and then we're open to it, eventually they will get through. It's just a matter of being open and realizing that this can happen. As you say, we just have to have the, the confidence that they are going to come through to us if we're open to them. Mm -hmm. 
And remember not to trust our mind, our brain. They love us. And I think once we get to a certain age, we have all experienced a loss of a loved one and grief. And it is brutal. So they love us. They're just a breath away from us. And they want us to know that they're okay. Craig, where do you believe heaven or the afterlife is? Is it part of us? Are we part of it? If you can just talk about what you think about the the greater reality there. Yeah. And when we speak about where things are, there is no space outside of the earth plane. The reason we have space here is so that we can learn lessons and we can have people who are seem to be separate from us, even though they're not. So what happens is that when we talk about a location for where life and the life after this life is, it's not a matter of location, it's a matter of attunement. So it's a matter of tuning in. So in other words, then if we have a single television, then we can tune to a great number of stations. And each time we tune to a, a different station, we have different experiences. We see different things, we experience, we hear different things. And all we have to do is go from one station to another, but the television never goes anyplace. So when we see a robbery and that uh, is enacted in a movie and it's going in the streets of Chicago and, and the gangsters are coming through the streets and it's coming out of our television, we don't have to go to Chicago to have that happen. What happens is that that comes into that reality that we've tuned into. So when we talk about the life after this life and where is it, all it is is just an attunement we're tuning into a different life. And uh, when we do that, we can do that in other areas as well. All we have to do is relax, meditate, go into ourselves, and decide that we want to go into, for instance, that re remote viewing. We want to go into that other space that seems like it's far distant from us. And all we have to do is go into it, and then it comes into our minds because we've tuned it. We've attuned to it. So the, the afterlife or heaven, what we describe as heaven, heaven, is just another attunement. And so when we tune into it, and after we drop off the body, then our minds will automatically tune into it and we'll begin our new lives in the, what we call the life after this life. And that is very much like this life. You know, all of this, it's solid, it has matter, it has energy, it has, it's exactly like this. It's just that we have decided to tune to another station. Oh, it sounds, sounds great, but I know we have things to do here, and we're here for a purpose, don't you think? There's an yeah. opportunity that we have being here on Earth before we get attuned over there. Yeah, yeah, there, we, everyone has a purpose. We all have a purpose for being here. In other words, we're having these experiences now for a reason. The reason is that we're learning lessons we are enjoying our experience with other people and helping them learn lessons. We are teaching humankind. So that's one of the things that we do here. And we're growing in our ability to love and have compassion for other people. Every, the whole human race is going in that direction, even though it seems like at times we're in a cellar, you know, that we're in a, we're in a hole in the, in, as humankind. We are always growing towards becoming more loving and, and unconditionally loving with other people. So our purpose here in, in this world is very much so that we can grow and become, so that we can be, become more than we ever thought we could become because we're guided by those on the other side and we're to help other people become. And so if we look at our lives and, and just think, what is the, the greatest struggle I have in my life? 
what is the, the thing that is most difficult for me? There's a good chance that that is one of the lessons that you are needed to learn. And there is a primary lesson. There is a one lesson that's more important than others. And if you look at your life and you, and you find out what the greatest difficulty is in your life, it's likely that that's going to be the primary challenge that you have. And every time that we take a step forward and we learn a little bit more, then there is rejoicing among those who love us on the other side. There's rejoicing among our guides. They are all anxiously watching us and, and wanting us to succeed and doing everything they can to make us succeed. But we do have a purpose and we're working it out. They're working it out with us. And it's a wonderful time. We just have to realize that and relax and enjoy it. Yeah. And we get to give it away to other people. I don't know if you found this, but once you put your focus on others, it seems like our life works out. And I would have never met you. I would have never met so many people. We certainly wouldn't be doing this right now today had my dad not passed the way he did, had I not gone through all those struggles. And so for anyone who is listening or watching, that awful stuff that could just rip you apart inside Although right now in the present moment, you can't think of anything worse. You are learning. I'm not saying things all happen for a reason because there's some terrible things that happen, but everything that does happen, we can learn from, we can grow from, there will be some space, you will feel better. And when you look back, some of these things can be the things that shift you on your path. And even better yet, you can make a difference with someone else in their life. Yeah, and the hardest thing is losing someone, someone whom you love. And and what happens is uh, that they aren't lost, that they are is they have just changed form. So in other words, they've attuned to a different station and the, they had to leave the body behind. So it looks like the body died. But that's just so that we then would realize that they are no longer attuned to this, but they're still with us. They're one mind with us. And so all we have to do then is we have to just tune into the same channel with them. And we can tune into the same channel by just relaxing, asking them to come to us, and then allowing their messages to come through. And if we do that, if we tune into them and allow their messages to come through, we can have long dialogues with them. We can have wonderful experiences. When people have these experiences, they have the experiences of, of being touched, uh, the experiences of being kissed, of being embraced. Of, of walking with their loved one. And so all of these things can happen mind to mind when people just allow the things to happen because they will attune themselves to us so that we can have those things happen in our minds. I think it's important to mention, re-mention how you said slow down, meditate, be in that quiet moment, because I just got this funny image of somebody who's now in the afterlife and they're looking and their, their loved one is there on earth and okay, I want to try to get in touch with you. And so they may try to close their mind a little bit or, you know, stop all the crazy thoughts and, and be centered. Oh, but then the cell phone goes off. Oh, I got a text message. Okay. Let me just quiet down again. And, oh, I don't think this is going to work. And meanwhile, the loved one is waiting, waiting. So that person gives it this one chance Miracles didn't happen. It can't be real. This is something where, A, it is real. B, be committed to it. Because as a loved one, if you know your loved one here on earth is committed to keeping the relationship open, you know, you got to be in communication. You got to show up, get a plan, and you have to trust. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Trust. Trust is very important. All you have to do is is uh, allow yourself to believe, to know the fact that they will communicate with you. And if you do that, then they will be able to get through to you. And the messages are going to come very fast. When If you start to meditate and you ask them a question, you begin the dialogue. Don't worry about whether the dialogue, who's going to be there or who's going to come through. Just begin the dialogue. Start to talk with them in your meditation. Then the answer is going to come through very quickly. It'll come through immediately after you ask the question. Or it may come through before you ask the question because they're responding to what you think rather than what you say. So that all you have to do is sit and relax and ask them a question and begin the dialogue and it'll come immediately. You keep the dialogue going. Just keep going, responding. They respond, you respond, and keep the dialogue going. If you keep it going, then you'll find out that it becomes very fast and very quick, and you can be sure that it's them. You'll actually get into the zone. So you'll get into a place where you are just communicating back and forth, it's very easy to do, and, and you become assured that it's them. And you can really enjoy the experience, but you just have to get past that doubt and allow it to happen. I know there was one time that I was lying in bed and missing my dad. And I tell you, just because we believe in the afterlife doesn't mean that we don't experience grief. I think it's very human that we do. But I just said, Dad, give me a sign that you're really with me. And it was like a slideshow in my mind, Craig, of different things my dad and I had done together, literally as if I was watching a slideshow on the computer. And one after another, these images just kept coming in, things that I had long forgotten. Mm -hmm. And there is no way that my mind could have put that together mm -hmm. that fast. And also, we got to pay attention to the feeling because I had those memories and the feelings of joy and that's what they want to bring us the reassurance they haven't gone and they're still our cheerleaders yeah they're very anxious for us to to experience that what they're doing is they're thinking with us it's like they're walking hand in hand with us so they're bringing these images into our minds when a song suddenly comes to you that you hadn't thought about for years but you associate with somebody that you love that was them if you see the, that license plate and you see the numbers and they're the numbers that you associate with them. The reason that you associate with them, it's not that they created the license plate, it's that they're with you at that moment and they knew that license plate was going to be there and they're inspiring you to look at it. So they inspire you to see it so that at that moment, when you get those kinds of messages, they're with you. And all you have to do then is, is say, thank you for that. Thank you for that, I love you. I love all the things that you do for me. And I will respond every time that you do something like that for me. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is carry on the dialogue and be thankful and, and have a really wonderful conversation with them. Tell them how you feel. Let them know what it is that's going on with your, in your life. And they then will respond. And all you have to do is learn how to relax and allow the response to come through. Yes, absolutely. And what we focus on grows. So it's nice if we can keep a journal of these things that happen. And pay attention, slow down. And when we watch for them, and if you ha are having a bad day, you can go back through the journal and, oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah. Craig, mm -hmm. I'd love it if we could take a walk down your memory lane. You have done some really great books. And I don't want to pass by not sharing them because I know you've co-written some, but they are 
things that really can move the needle from a hoping that there's an afterlife to believing to absolutely knowing. Can we talk about them and some of the passions behind them? And I know we've got a new book that has recently come out a few months yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, all of the books are written because I have the drive. In other words, I'm, I'm inspired to write them. So I, every time I write a book, I always say I'm never going to write another book. That was too much work. And every time within a month or two, I start to get the next book. And so they'll come to me. The books that I, I started off with, the book of Your Eternal Self, and the reason it started with me is because I was learning at the time from science. I was studying science and I was discovering things about what people are now realizing is true about our brains and our minds and, and the fact that we continue to live after the brain dies. And so then I, I was getting all of this information. It was coming to me. And so I started writing the book. And the book contains the information about the fact that the mind is not in the brain. That's science telling us that. That isn't just our surmising. That, the, that we live on after the body ceases to function. And the reason that we know that that's true is because we are really not communicating with our bodies, like we're not communicating with the flesh and, and with the skin and, and with the nose and the mouth and the eyes. What we're communicating with is that individual, that person who's inside there, who is, who is behind the body that we're experiencing. And that's the true body, that's the true individual that we're experiencing. And so we know that that's true because we are always communicating with the individual, not with the body. So then the, the second book that, that I wrote is There is Nothing But Mind and Experiences. There is Nothing But Mind and Experiences shows that this world was created for us in order for us to learn lessons. And so we have a life here and we have experiences here. And all of the experiences are intended to bring lessons to us, to help us to learn things. Now, we still have free will. So we plan our lives here. We plan our family that we're going to be in. We plan our, our gender. We plan disabilities that we might have. We even plan events. So many events that happen in our life, we have planned those ahead of time. But we are not destined to do or be those things. We have free will. We can decide what we want to be. And so the book shows that that's true. The things that are not in the plan are suicide and murder and, and, and great violence. So those are not what we do is we plan people whom we are going to become because we want to learn lessons. We want to help others learn lessons and we want to help humankind learn lessons. And so some of those things may have a propensity towards violence. They may have an inclination. There's a possibility that would come true. And so in our lives, what we're trying to do is to grow out of that. We're trying to, to stop that from happening. Our lesson can be stopping it from happening, but sometimes it just goes awry. Sometimes it just happens all by itself. And so we do plan our lives, but we plan our lives and then we have our free will to go in the direction that we want to go. But everything that every person that was in our life is there because of the fact that we, they chose to be there before our lives when we planned them. So every person that's around us, every person we have contact with, or, or all of the in-laws, all of the other people who are in our lives, they chose to be part of our lives. So even the person who creates problems for us was in the planning session, and they're creating the problems for us out of love. They don't realize it, and we don't realize it. But everybody who is here with us is doing what they're doing out of love for us. If we can get beyond 
the irritations and, and the difficulties with people and realize that underneath that there is love there for us, then we can learn lessons from that. We can learn to overcome the feelings of, of being hurt or feelings of jealousy or guilt and all of those other feelings because they were in the plan and we had gone through them. Then the next one is, is that um, the book that I have written that shows you how your life goes from all the way from pre-planning to the birth to the life here and then into the life after this life. And I explain what happens actually at the transition, what the person goes through at the, per at the time of the transition. And it's wonderful. All of the messages that we've gotten from the other side and that this book is based entirely on messages from the other side. All of the messages say this was a wonderful experience and you don't need to worry about making the transition. No one feels pain at the transition. So the, the, per the person is actually taken out of the body before the transition. In fact, there's one wonderful story of a man who's speaking from the other side and he describes what happened at his transition with his fiance's sister. And they were in a car driving down the road and a semi truck came through and, and veered into them and hit their car. And what happened was that the man described that that moment when the semi truck came and hit the car, he and his fiance's sister were above the car holding hands and they watched the collision happen because they were taken out of the body before the collision ever, ever even happened. So this book explains all of those things that we know about this life and about the life after this life and about the transitions that we'll make. In the, and those are the three primary books that, that I've written. What was the last one you were talking about? Uh, this is, is those stories? Reasons for what happens to you in your life and your afterlife. Gotcha. Yeah, so that was the third. And then the fourth one that I've, that I've just finished is a summary of the others and it and it's answers to enduring questions and so it has uh, 325 questions and the answers to the questions i mean questions like like why is there suffering in the world you know what is my purpose in the world i mean how why don't my loved ones communicate with me more often or more easily all of these questions that we have and i have the answers for the questions in the book and so what I've done is to take the information from science and from the messages from people on the other side and what they've told us, and I've put them in as the answers to those questions that people have in the book. So those are the four primary books, and, and uh, then the others then are books that I co-authored. Can we talk a little bit about that? And if anybody's listening here, go to afterlifeinstitute.org, scroll down, you'll see those four books. But I would love it if you'd share a little bit about uh, Alan Botkin and, and mm -hmm. Rochelle, because those are two pretty groundbreaking books as well that you co-authored. Yeah, they really are. They're really wonderful books. What we're discovering now that's being given to us, it's being conveyed to us from the other side because they want us to advance. They want us to become better at communicating with them. So what we're discovering that they're bringing to us is being discovered by psychotherapists. So these are people who are state licensed. They have to go through the license procedure in their state and, and they've had the degrees in psychotherapy. And so now they've gone through that process and they have been given methods by which we can communicate with our loved ones living in the life after this life. And we actually have the communication. The psychotherapist doesn't do it. It's, he's, psychotherapist is not acting like a medium. So the first person was, was Dr. Alan Botkin in Libertyville, Illinois. 
Uh, he was at the VA hospital there, and he was using a method called EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, in which he has the, the, the patient or client watch his hand as he moves his hand back and forth in front of them. And what that does is it disrupts the mind. And so then the two sides of the, of the brain, uh, uh, that is really the two sides of the mind, uh, are disrupted. And as a result of that, then they have to rethink what it is that they're, they're, they're commenting on, what there is running through their mind. And what he discovered was with his veterans, his combat veterans, was that they were grieving for someone and he would do the EMDR process and they would have an encounter with the person for whom they're grieving. And it was a surprise to him. You know, all of a sudden here he comes out of, of he's had his eyes closed and he comes out and he says, I just talked to the soldier that, I, that was killed. And so then he discovered that he could actually have it happen if he involved the patient or the client. And that's the same way that we have to be involved in the communication. So he found out that if he just said, be open to anything that happens. And uh, then as soon as they were open to anything that happened, people started having these communications. So pretty soon all of his patients were having communications with loved ones or with people whom they killed uh, in combat. So he then, he and I wrote a book uh, about it and it's called Induced After Death Communications. And the book is now in, in German and uh, in English and it's available on amazon.com. Uh, the other uh, person that I worked with was Rochelle Wright, who's a state licensed psychotherapist in Washington state. And Rochelle had learned Alan Botkin's method and she then improved upon it. And what she did was she took the stance that she was going to allow the people on the other side to take over. So in the, in the psychotherapy session, when she was doing the same thing, she was doing the eye movements, but she was also using audio. So they were listening to sounds coming out of either ear. And as she was doing that, then they would close their eyes and they would have their own experience. But then she would go back to the experience and, and she would allow the person on the other side to guide it. So they would decide what was going to happen next. And then they would decide when it ended. It would spend, they could spend the whole day. She's had sessions that lasted as long as eight hours. And in those sessions that lasted as long as eight hours, there were several hours of communication between the person who's living in the life after this life and the, the person for whom they're grieving. And they're just wonderful. There's just, we have uh, examples of them taking walks and going through forests together and they're flying together and, and the person is showing them what it's like in, in the life after this life. And, and they hug and they kiss each other and they spend time with each other. We actually have, a, there's a video that is available of a woman who's describing what happened in her experience and that video is available. It is uh, on uh, afterlifeinstitute.org uh, and it's on earthschoolanswers.com. Um, I would have to send you the, the link to it. I don't have it off the top of my head, uh, but I think it's earthschoolanswers.com slash carol, C-A-R-O-L-E slash, but I can get you the link. So the, this, is, uh, this is exciting. So those on the other side are teaching psychotherapists how they can help people to have afterlife communications. They're doing it, and now hundreds of psychotherapists have learned it. So now they're, they've become proficient, and they're taking people through it. And it's a, a wonderful, uplifting experience just to listen to hear them talk about it, uh, as well as to actually have the experience. I've had the experiences with both of them. 
uh, in order to test it out. And they just blew my mind. They're just wonderful experiences. And the people come through and you know that it's them. You know that they are communicating with you because there are things that come through to you that you couldn't possibly know. There are scenes that you experience that you couldn't possibly create. And uh, they, the messages are always uplifting and full of insights and full of knowledge. So those are the two that I have written with uh, two psychotherapists and they're available the uh, psychotherapy, uh, the induced after-death communication psychotherapy with Alan Botkin is available at induced-adc.com. And the Rochelle Wrights is at repairandreattachment.com. And the list of psychotherapists that are doing their work now are available there. It's such good news. And I love that so many people are being trained on this globally. It, does the experience feel more um, real? Like you say, people hug each other. Does it actually feel like they, they hug each other? Yeah, all of the senses are happening in the mind. So there is nothing but mind. Uh, and none of the senses are happening in the body. So when you have a, an experience of pain, it's in the mind. Pleasure, it's in the mind. Uh, touch, sight, all of these things are happening in the mind. And so as a result of that, then when we are in the world and we're having these experiences, we can have them in the same way, just without the world around us. And so when we close our eyes, then we have the experiences in the mind and those experiences are the same as the experiences we would have in the world. And so we have the sight experience and we have the touch experience. And, and uh, one example from in the book that I did with Alan Botkin, uh, a man had uh, gone into his period of, of EMDR work and he had closed his eyes and he felt like his brother was there and so he was having a conversation with his brother and suddenly he felt like felt like big claws all over his body and he, he opened up his eyes quickly and, and he said to, to uh, Alan uh, you know I don't know what what just happened but I had these big claws all over me and so Alex said, uh, well, go back into it and let's see what happened. So he did the eye movements. He had him close his eyes. He went back into it and he asked his brother what happened. And his brother said, I was hugging you. Oh. So the same kinds of sensory experiences that we get, the, the sensory experiences are only in the mind. So we get all of the sensory experiences when we have communication with our loved ones. All we have to do is be open to those experiences. Oh, I love it. I remember seeing the movie on quantum mechanics, what the bleep do we know? And that was the first thing that really woke me up to everything we can see and we think is real down to its tiniest particle. It's just vibrating energy. So when we start thinking about the quantum level, and then even we can talk about the universal level living in this never ending universe with billions and billions of planets and stars like our sun. And we, when we can think about that, when we can have experiences like remote viewing or a psychic or mediumistic thing, you start really realizing I'm not just this, this is all real. And ladies and gentlemen, you who are at home watching or listening to this, you are so much more powerful than you know. Mm -hmm. You're one magnificent spiritual being and you go on it's it, it's a different way of living isn't it knowing the greater reality yep yeah, yeah, you, you become a different person 
So the person that you are now is the person you're going to leave behind when you know this reality. It changes your viewpoint on other people. It changes your viewpoint on your life and what you're doing and, and on the world. And you never fear the, the transition, the natural transition that we go through at the end of this life. We just we just go right into the next life. It's like we graduated from school and now we're going out and we're going to get a job and we're, or we're going to go to another school. But it's just a normal natural transition. And you And you begin to know that's true. You begin actually to look forward to it. So I'm looking forward to the reunion I'll have with my loved ones. Uh, but I'm right now feeling a tremendous burden to help humanity. And so you and I are, are here, Sandra, to, to do this work, to try to help people to understand what we know is true so that they can have that same assurance and same confidence that we have. Yeah. How can we support the afterlifeinstitute.org? Let's talk about membership. And it's not expensive, but mm-hmm. why does it make a difference? I, I know because I'm a member, but <laughs> I'd love it if you would share. Yeah. Uh, Sandra's actually on the board. So uh, the the Afterlife Research and Edu- Education Institute relies entirely on donations. What we do is any, anything that we're given in donations is given to the person who's doing the research or a person who's developing these methods or uh, or we have in, involved in using it in the research that we're doing. Every penny of it goes to them, then uh, I don't receive any of it. I don't take a salary or anything. I, I just let my my uh, my other profession support me. But what we do is we use that donation inform- that donation money or the membership money to make these things happen. And so the the membership is at afterlifeinstitute.org, and there's also an opportunity to give donations there. Uh, we're supporting several people uh, right now uh, with the inf- the money that we receive, and the money allows us to continue this work. We have so much to do. There's su- such a great harvest to bring in, and we need the workers to do this. So we invite anybody to become involved in it. We would like to see everybody join. We'd like to see some people give donations, and then they can see the results of it. Their donations then are earmarked, and then they can see what it is that they donated uh, that the, is advancing within this field of afterlife studies. Yeah, that's a wonderful thing. And what kind of things are on the website at afterlifeinstitute.org? Now, if you want to get on the website, we have a, a, a variety of things that, that would be of interest to you. We do have links that show you how you can get to these methods of afterlife communication that can get you to the psychotherapist's that can get you to our online free training program that teaches you how to have afterlife communications. So you can get to that on the website. You can find out about the Zoom groups. They have wonderful Zoom groups now. And uh, they are uh, led by Wendy Zamet and uh, Karen Jarvie. And they are doing wonderful work with the Zoom groups. We have Zoom groups on on uh, your, your eternal partner, uh, on on automatic writing, on how to communicate through automatic writing. We have a physical mediumship online group. We have discussion groups. There's a global discussion group every Sunday uh, that anybody can get on anywhere in the world. All of those then are on the website as well. We have links to things like Voices Across the Veil. Voices Across the Veil is is a service that's available now where you can get online with a group of people and have a medium with that group of people and it'll be six or seven people and the medium will go around and give readings to each one of those people but it's much less expensive than having a medium reading 
uh, by one person. And then you also don't have to stand in line, wait for two years to be able to get into the medium. Uh, so it's voicesacrossthevale.com and they have a wonderful service that will get you a reading there. So that's online. There's also a, a method that now that's being used that helps people to connect uh, and it's a, a personal connection and that's available through the Voices Across the Veil and that's also online so people can look at that. We have links to the old newsletters that people can read. We have links to other resources. We have descriptions about the research that's being done now, wonderful research that's being done. So I really recommend that if anybody wants to, to get up on what it is that's going on in the field, use the resources that we have available. You get on afterlifeinstitute.org. Beautiful. And I just want to let you guys know, guys and gals, what we've got going on too at wedontdie.com. Yes, we've been doing some afterlife courses and medium courses, psychic courses, things like that. But also on Sunday, free, we offer our global Sunday gathering. And what that is to us is a non-denominational service. We'll call it that. But our personality is in it. We have a different topic every week. They're fun. There's music videos. And at the end of each one, we have a medium or two do medium demonstration on our online congregation. So over this past, uh, well, actually, we're going on 75 weeks of it (laughs) on this coming Sunday. We have reunited hundreds and hundreds of people with their loved ones in the afterlife. So although not everybody gets a reading you really get the sense that our loved ones are, are with us. I mean, it really is. And I can't even imagine those in the afterlife who are participating in the things you do and the things we do. And I, I love it. And then also coming up, if you're around, we always have a monthly medium demonstration. That's a small donation. But this coming one in September 2021 is we have the great mediums, Paul Jacob and Sue Wood, who are both uh, tutors and mediums at the Arthur Finley College. They're doing something spectacular. He'll be verbally working with people, giving evidence and descriptions and messages from the loved ones. She's an artist and you can see her hand moving on a piece of paper and she draws their pictures. So he is in one location in in the UK or Germany and she is in the UK. They're not connected, but they are connected through the greater reality, tapping into the loved ones. So we always have something going on and you can find out more at wedontdie.com. So Craig, we are rounding the top of the hour here. What haven't I asked you or what would you like to share or how can we close out this fantastic episode? Just want people to realize that there is no doubt about the fact that we live on after the body dies. That's very important. If you just realize that that's true and begin to live your life like that, you can live in confidence. You can live knowing your loved ones are fine and living on the other side and you can communicate with them. So you just have to come to that realization. And there are lots of resources to do that. Sanders is a wonderful resource. We have resources that are available. So just make yourself yourself attuned to them. And so then when you learn things from them, you will become a different person. I love it. Craig, thank you so much for all the work you've done. Excuse me. And for being our guest today. Yeah, thank you. I've enjoyed it. Oh, me too. And for our listener or viewer, again, our home base is wedontdie.com. 
You can find links to either one of my podcasts, Shades of the of the Afterlife or We Don't Die Radio. Uh, the new one, Shades of the Afterlife, is more, I don't want to say highlights, but here on We Don't Die Radio, we talk to one guest. And over there, each show could be on some different topics about the afterlife. But it is pretty powerful. And it's supported by iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM. Pretty cool. But at WeDon'tDie.com, if you want to join my email list, you'll get a free copy PDF of my book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Also, there's a very healing audio called How to Survive Grief because it is devastating to go through. It's something our beings go through, can't turn it off, but there is a way through it. Also, you can find links to courses and all kinds of different things. So just check it out. There's a lot of free things on there. But in closing, I want to say a really warm thank you to Craig Hogan. It is so great always to catch up with you. Always. I just feel like a million bucks right now, Craig. I hope you do too. (laughs) And you can visit afterlifeinstitute.org to find out more about Craig and the AREI. Please join. Please be a member. Use the resources. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. And I'm really left, Craig, with what you said about other people, because we all have disagreements, but Uh they love us and they're doing this for us, Uh you know? So if we look at the greater reality, if we look at the bigger picture, it'll give us some peace and a whole lot of love. So I really want to thank you for listening or for viewing, and we'll see you soon.